And welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down, the newest member of the Bruiser Nation Podcast Network, a division of Snapmere Productions. Just FYI, other shows on here you might want to be able to check out to the Turnbuckle Red Flag, Bruise Cruise, Bruise Cruise Macabro, Decision Show, new name to come soon. But boys, it's here. Live from Casa de Fonds. We are week one under our belt with one game left. Boys, how was your week one weekend? Well, first of all, that feels kind of like a holy place for the podcast. We hear about the Fonz all the time on here. He's our resident Chicago Bears fan. We'll get into that, Stephen. But oh, yeah, we will. I had a blast like you all did. It it's so good. This time, like, it, there's something special about Week One. Maybe the product isn't always great, but just that feeling of like that opening kickoff. And just you, just like you're overjoyed. I don't even know how to describe it. Like the, yesterday, we had some terrible offensive football, but it was such a joy to watch. Also, by the way, I'm sure you guys saw just a little while ago, Chris Jones signed a big deal with, uh, or a one-year deal. I guess I say big de- deal, a one-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. Still waiting to see what the money is on that. But unfortunately, maybe the Chiefs are going to be back to form a little earlier than we thought. But otherwise, guys, I had a great first weekend. How was yours? Was that a one-year extension or a one-year contract? I think it was just a one-year, like, this year deal. News like, tomorrow. I think he got a raise for this year's my understanding. And then he's just going to be a free agent next year. That's how I, how I read it. Now, I think he'd still be able to get franchise tagged, but this is all pretty new. Maybe by the end of the podcast, we have actual numbers so we can actually figure it out. But either way, the Chiefs are going to be very... <laughs> Very relieved to have that man back on the, the field this next week. Yeah, I think we all know why, especially after the Detroit Lions game, which we'll get into. But I, like I said, I'm up in Indy. Had a hell of a day yesterday. Got to go see Anthony Richardson make his his quarterback debut as well. Shane Steichen making his hope, head coaching debut. Calvin Ridley back. Oh, I don't wanna, does he ever look good? Does he ever? Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. David's wallet looks good after making that bet here this past Thursday. Did you actually place that bet, or was that all show? Uh, no, that was all show. I didn't place any bets on my. Oh. I literally forgot to. I okay. was going to go in after we filmed the podcast Thursday, went to bed instead, and then woke up and totally fucking forgot to place bets. It was a wonderful concept. Dude, that's – I hope they still are giving the love because I went on DraftKings. I got a 50% reload boost. So if you reloaded, they'll give you 50% of whatever you reloaded in um, – what in like free bets so i threw 100 in got five ten dollar free bets no sweat bet thursday no sweat bet sunday no sweat bet tonight oh dude it's been glorious did i hit on any of them absolutely not except the parlay but i had i had a parlay that hit thank you shout out to the cowboys last night because they it was impossible for them not to cover they would have covered 39 and a half which is a wild wild statistic to think about you guys uh both went four and one week one. I went three and two. We're all going to be up right money back to last year, over baby. A unit each. I was, <laughs> was going to say, for the record, I am up over a unit. So things are still good. Whoa, watch out for this guy. <laughs> well, and what kills me too, and uh, we'll, we'll eventually get to the game. Mike Vrabel, I love that man to death. He had to have Tennessee plus three. Kicking a field goal there? What was that? What was that? I, what? They they what they had two minute warning in all three timeouts two and a half and I don't I didn't watch the full game I was watching during that time but I would assume 
it's based off how that was being played in the second half. Your defense is getting it together. Because what was even what was it nine nine at halftime? So what they let up a touchdown. I guess that I was, was good enough. Six at halftime. Yeah, but still. Uh, either way, it's just one of those things. You don't play scared. That goes through a locker room, and it just felt like it was such a. It was a coward move, and that's not Mike Vrabel. That's what really shocked me about it. It was a fourth and a long six. That's very makeable. I am trusting my offense to get that versus asking my defense to go out and get a couple stops where you know the other team realizes it's a first down to win the game, maybe two. So I don't know. I That that was the only difference away from us all being four and one. So I'm a little bitter. And 3-0 on the podcast. That is right. You probably never see this again because the Illuminati is coming or the apocalypse is starting. <laughs> Packers, Raiders, and the Brownies all victorious, let alone in week one. We're undefeated, boys. We are undefeated. The Raiders and Browns have not won the opening game the same week since 1993. So there's a chance, given that the Packers, that was right around when they started getting good, it could be well before that for the three of them. That might be something I have to research and get back to you on Thursday. Yes, please do. I'm surprised that was this just the first time you thought about it and you're like, damn, I should have looked at that research because I'm interested to figure that out because what, Favre came in 92, 91, 92. So maybe the start of that 93 season, that could have been it. But football is back. It was glorious. Like I said, it was kind of, it was bittersweet. I'm never going to say no to a a free NFL game. Again, shout out to Fawn. Shout out to Uncle Joe on a golf trip this week. We get some of those, we get some of those seats. Lucas Oil was beautiful. It was for what it is, you know, for it's a, it's a dome stadium that can open up the roof. There's a lot of space. One of those places that is packed, not a bad seat in the house. Only knock on it. Not that loud. Is that just me? Let's all right. I'm going to say something in concern. In fact, I don't think we have too many Colts fans that listen. I never, when I go to the draft every year, I feel like you can get a good sense of how fan bases are at yeah. large. It's a very docile fan group. It's a very dog. I think Indiana, it's just, it's a basketball state through and that through. That too. That too. They, they like the Colts, but come on. They, they're they just like, I don't know. I, I've never really felt like Colts fans are that aggressive, I should say. Well, they're all about racing here. Basketball, to your point, right? And I don't even know what else would fall. Like, what, are they a big baseball team? Is there, there's not even one in Indiana. Is there an MLB nope. team? No, I mean, the closest you would get is the Cubs and the... Cubs and White Sox. Yeah, so, yeah, that's rough. And depending how far Detroit is, maybe the Tigers? But even True, then, and, and the, the Reds are there, too. So they have four baseball teams, like, around, but let's and, be real. If it's and not they're all your dog team, shit. What the, yeah. The, yeah, the Cubs won us uh, a World Series a little bit ago. I don't think the Chicago White Sox have won a, a playoff series since, like, 2006 is something I heard. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, they won it that year, but they haven't won a playoff series since then. Which is mind-boggling. You're the baseball guy, so you can tell me to shove it if I'm completely wrong. But no, it's it's actually just fascinating that you brought that. Or maybe up it's the Tigers. Well, well, the, the White Sox won back then with the uh, what? Ozzie and all. But yeah, or I was going to say the, the thing about it though, and Pasednik and all them. But the reason that uh, I find that so fascinating is I saw last night the owner of the White Sox in a clip after they won the World Series back in '06, and it wasn't like. Hey man, tell us about what your thoughts are right now. And he's like, "Go buy the, your Bills or Bulls tickets." Like he was that much of a curmudgeon. Like, go buy money. It's like, don't when forget you got about the like other that, teams. Yeah, it's like, don't make sure you keep lying in my pocket. I just won you a championship, so it kind of serves him right. So I'm kind of happy about that. 
But, you know, White Sox are struggling. I hope the Fonz is an Sox fan. He very much is. So with that, let's get into a little bit of it's week one. I think this is the perfect time to have a little bit of overreaction. I don't think we have too much of that in the podcast. We're too much of a let's figure it out in a few weeks. So I thought this would be a nice little switch up to get an overreaction here. Let's start it off. Thursday night, we had the Detroit Lions opening up the season with a 21-20 victory over Kansas City. Travis Kelsey out for the game. Chris Jones is out for the game. Obviously, he looks he's sounding like he's going to be back. The one the first thing I want to talk about, Dan Campbell. The balls on this man. You would think if you're a doctor, you should probably get that checked out. That is something serious. No, no, no. That dude calls a fake punt within his own 20, what, on 25? Um, in the first quarter. You can tell then it completely changed the trajectory of the game. Pat Mahomes, it doesn't really seem like he was himself. 21 of 39, 226, two touchdowns and an interception. Their defense is, eh, the Lions, they survived this game, but I think that they did enough where it's kind of eye-popping. But I want to ask this question for overreaction of our first game here. Is the new Detroit finally here? But also couple that with, do we also just see the future of Kansas City without Travis Kelsey in five years, three years? I don't. I don't think you're seeing, I, I think that is the overreaction is that Kansas City can't play without Travis Kelsey because – Kadarius Tony dropped like five balls oh. on five consecutive possessions. It felt like to end the game. If he stayed home, they would have had a better chance to win. Hundred percent. They would have won the game if he caught just one more of those right. balls. If he caught two of those balls, because one resulted in the pick six. So now your boy Patty knows not to throw to him late in game, and you know maybe they uh, they win that game if they get a do over. But I don't. I don't. I don't want to overreact to this. I do think Detroit is is here to win ten games. Like I'm very comfortable with with that bet we made prior to the season starting, um, or I guess the bet I made. But I, I'm i very comfortable with Detroit winning that division and winning 10 games, and, and they're definitely they're going to hit stride at some point this season, and we're going to be wondering if they can go further. But uh, right now they're such a good team, uh, but I, I'm not worried about Kansas City. You had to enjoy this a little bit, Wally. Oh, yeah. I, you guys heard me on the pod. I was decked out in blue. I was – a Leo guy through and through on Thursday. <laughs> and it's, I, I do think that the Lions are going to be better than I expected. I had picked them to be go nine and eight and win the division. But these are the kind of games you don't expect this team to win right away. But then you watch that post game in the locker room, Dan Campbell talking to the team. And what's he say? That's a hell of a win, boys. But did we expect to win today or not? And everybody goes, yes, we did. The culture is different. You feel it. And that's it, it, it's permeating through the locker room. Dan Campbell's personality is directly reflected with the team. But outside of that, you, all three of us were talking right before we started recording. I think what we're actually seeing, and the reason why week one was kind of a little like choppy, is that preseason matters more than we ever realized. And with the loss of a game, and a lot of these guys aren't even playing in those games. I think we're seeing more rust than we ever have before. Defenses had the edge all day. So, yeah, KC struggled. But I'm willing to say this was an anomaly and that things will be fine for them. But what about Detroit? Is is this finally the year that they can get the thorn out of their paw? I'm, bu- I'm buying in. I, I Not only am I going to say the nine wins was well low, I think it's like two or three games low this this can be a 12 win Detroit team to extent 
Okay. I like that a lot. To extend that um, that quote that you were referencing too, what I really liked out of that is obviously that every coach is going to say this, but for you to say this after the seasons you've had, what you've been going through, but do we expect to win? Yes. A lot of shit to clean up, boys, but let's enjoy this one. A lot of shit to clean up. That, that right there, that's really perspective. Like you're not going to settle just because you beat the Super Bowl champs. This is the perfect time to mentally ring it in for the next 16 games. Yeah, well, we beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And that sounds great now, but you you got to keep going. While we're on the subject, shout out to my boy Brock Chamberlain hitting up Kansas City to go to the Motor City Kitties victory at Arrowhead. All right, Wally. So we had a lot of talk. We know what Wally's feelings were about Kansas City as a whole, the barbecue that they were producing out in that city. So I needed to get the two cents from Brock, what it was looking like, how how he was tasting it. First off, he went, where was the place that you went to, Wally? It was like Q something. It was Q and then a number, but I can't remember what it was. Q39. That's it. The location, the look, he got, him and his buddies got, befriended like one of the pit bosses there and they got the ends of where to go the locals told us that q39 and slaps were the other top dogs in town so that's really alarming where he went was jack stacks okay i did yeah i did not go there beef beef ribs pork ribs smoked sausage burnt ends, spicy pickles not pictured brisket cream corn baked beans they're throwing it all there beautiful smokering quote not sure where Wally went for barbecue, but he definitely didn't go where I went. It fucking banged. Where else did he go? He even took a step further. And now he's attacking both of us. I will say that KC barbecue I had, although limited, was better than anything I've ever had. I said, well, I said, well, hold up. I'm a vinegar-based guy. He goes, absolutely not. I don't like vinegar. If that's for you, that's good. So not only is he shitting on my life in my hometown, but now he's choosing Kansas City over there. I don't know where you're standing on this, David, but Brock quickly made two enemies off this show. I, I All I'll tell you is that Kansas City, the, you know how, for better or worse, what is the running gag with the Cleveland Browns? At least I don't live in Cleveland. That's how I actually feel about Kansas City. Cleveland's a good town. <laughs> It gets a lot of hate for no reason. There's nothing redeeming about Kansas City. I was about 45 minutes away on the drive and started having like a panic attack. I'm like, this is the worst place I've ever been in the world. Please tell me there's buildings. Please tell me there's buildings. Like, this is hell. Like, the people weren't nice. They, I, I think they don't deserve anything. The Chiefs See, suck. Okay, Brock said, the, Brock said the fans were extremely welcoming and very nice. I guess he's a Lions fan. That's a little you wearing Raider stuff? Yeah, it is. But at the same time, you think you would get at least a little sliver of what you've been getting simply just because it's the first game of the year? Well, it's a lot easier to be nice when you're defending Super Bowl champions. He hasn't even been to the top two places in Charleston where he currently lives, and he's throwing that my way. So he's he had a great time. Obviously had a blast at the game. Motor City Kitties. But yeah, Brock, you've made a couple enemies here. Like, David, you've been kind of quiet over there. Sounds like you don't like vinegar-based either, and you're a big Kansas City guy. I don't even tell you. Where hasn't he been in Charleston? Because he have, if he hasn't been to Hall's Chop House, I don't respect his food opinions right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> look, he's just taking – he's look, got, got an enemy I got, in the I got places in every city I've ever been to, all right? <laughs> there's, there's a baseline. That's what we do, hose. David. <laughs> Men of substance. He said, I got I got smoked hoes and different area codes. 
Uh, I'm planning a trip to Lewis Barbecue in Charleston in the coming weeks. That dude has won a shit ton of awards, and it's definitely the most, the biggest one out there. What about Rodney Scott's? Does that ring a bell for you at all? Never heard of either. Lewis and me neither. So Lewis Barbecue and Rodney Scott's are apparently the top dogs. I'm more of a hole in the wall spot where, like, where I went in high school, there was a parking lot that could fit 12 cars. There was constantly 40 cars in there with a line out of the door, and it was maybe the size of a Manhattan apartment. That's the type of spot I need. Vinegar based. That's the only way to go. So. I'm getting hungry. I haven't eaten my sandwich yet. Let's keep it rolling. The second overreaction. Should they be worried about the Eagles? Yes, they won the game 25 to 20. But did they win or just more or less survive that game? This was a team that was up 17-0, I want to say, in the first quarter. He had a 70-yard pick six. Devontae Smith had a five-yard touchdown reception. But after that touchdown, four straight punts, end of half, field goal, field goal, field goal, fumble, Turnover on downs, end of game, with the 250 total yards coming from that Eagles offense. Is it too early to be worried about the Eagles, especially even though we haven't gotten to it after what the Cowboys did? I don't I don't I'm not worried at all about the Eagles. I and let's put it this way. We don't like this team could start slow and we wouldn't know it. Last year in the first five weeks of the season, sure. I think they beat Detroit in week one by two or three, which that was before we knew Detroit was even like legitimate as a threat. That was when they were just an offense and no defense. Um, I think they beat the Cardinals by only three in the first couple of weeks of the season last year. Um, I think they beat the Jaguars before the Jaguars hit the stride by like four. Um, yep, I remember I, that game too. Like this team, the the beauty of the Eagles is that they're so good that as long as they find a way to win, I'm not really concerned about it. You know, they could they could beat the worst teams in the NFL by one, but as long as you get the W, that's all that really matters. Um, and, and, you know, everyone has an off week, but I, don't don't sleep on New England either. I mean, this is a team that some random analysts have as the second best team in the division. I don't agree with that, but, you know, they're no slouch. Oh, they're, they could win. Right. Albert, right. yeah, Benjamin Albert. I do. I wanted to call him Albert for some but, reason. But, but he's like, I actually really respect him a lot. He's usually right a lot of the time. Um, maybe not in full season predictions, but a lot of the time, what he says is usually what happens. Um, so I, I just don't sleep on the Patriots either. I mean, this is a it's a solid team. Like they're they could it's beat, got a top five defense. Right, they could beat anyone. They could beat anyone in the NFL. So you know they're probably not going to do that, but they're. They're an easy nine-win team if you really want to gamble on it. Uh, if they weren't in that division, we'd probably have them even higher as a team. So I, I just I don't – the Eagles don't scare me. They won the game. They showed that their defense is still something to be reckoned with, and that's all they really needed to show for me. It was just always a question mark of like now – I don't know why I'm starting to realize it, but you really need to start following the trends of coordinators leaving and how those teams are going to perform after because we have way too big of a laundry list of looking at teams not really being that successful after their coordinator leaves. It even goes down to Aaron Rodgers when Nathaniel Hackett left or Josh Allen taking a dip last year when Dayball was gone in New York. San Francisco really shoved it in our face, didn't they, Wally? After they started off hot in Pittsburgh, dominated the Pittsburgh Steelers on the way to a 30-7 win. I mean, 41 rushing yards, five sacks, CMC coming to life, 
22 touches, 152, and a touchdown. That's just in the rushing game. I think it was like three for 17 yards in the, in the receiving game. Because it doesn't matter. Brandon Ayuk was taking all of that. Eight of 121 for two touchdowns. Sure, let's go three things. First, Brock Purdy throwing shade at Patrick Peterson was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I see you highlighting it, David. That's my third option. Two, how dangerous is actually this Niners team? Like, they never saw off a season hot like this, at least under the Kyle Shanahan um, regime. So I'm interested. Three, David, I have added for, for week one in our Pickens bet here. The Pickens live season stat tracker. Both oh, five catches for 36 yards, which puts him on pace for a Wally win of 85 catches and a David win of 612 yards. Oh my God, I didn't realize I that it would be that a Wally 70, win on catches. That 80 we catches split? is the new 70 catches when we made this bet because of the 17th game. And so you're definitely going to win the catches bet. That's that's for sure. Oh my God, yards that's and touchdowns huge. is going to be different, but like, oh. Well, we decided it has to be a clean sweep. Right. Yeah, it can't yeah, be 66, right? But like, Fuck you, we eliminated this is on you. I have no doubt now he's going to hit 80 catches. I really didn't account for the 17th game. That was my bad. But either way, his season projections of... We're basically yeah, even now. I, I mean, Pickett sucks. That's the only thing I got from that game. That's that's it. Pickett's was, just bad. He was like, bad. And yes, not right. that I was surprised because I knew he was going to be bad, but like he was... Bad, bad. Like, maybe we want Mitch Trubisky again bad. <laughs> Whoa. I, I didn't think he was that bad. My goodness. See, I was torn just be. Well, I don't know. I, see, he had a couple brutal ones when you started looking at the decision-making. I was There's bad, but then there's let's replace him. Let's re-replace him again with Mitch Trubisky bad. Like, I didn't know he fell that bad. Maybe he's, like, right in the middle. No, and, and see, this was one of those weird games because, of course, you know how high I was on San Francisco and how high I was on the Steelers that... It was like a win-win or a lose-lose, however you want to look at it. I was going to have something to, to latch on to, but I'm also a little nervous about what we saw. But I'm interested to find out if this was more of the Steelers' offense has a lot more problems than we thought, or if the San Francisco defense is ungodly. And let's not forget, too, the Steelers have a lot of talent on defense, and the 49ers had their way with them on offense. Yeah. So... Big problems, at least after week one, if you're a Steeler fan, and you're probably, like, dancing around with, like, rainbow and flowers if you're a San Francisco fan. You're like, this is a wonderful day. No, I like that. And we, know, we all know how Pittsburgh's going to be. They're going to come in late. They're going to figure, like, they're going to have a, like, win five of six, one possession games out of nowhere, and all of a sudden be competitive, and then just coming to ruin everyone else's playoff run hopes. But, man, Drew Davenport... You're calling it. You called your shot here week one. We'll see how the rest of these weeks come in. But my God, Pittsburgh's not looking good to start it off. And man, I'm, I was better off burning my money, I think. <laughs> well, I, I would only, you know I'm a Pickens guy. Keep an eye, because the Browns' defense is loaded. If they have another big week and the Steelers' offense struggles, we're already seeing George Pickens have almost like an attitude about not getting the ball. And the last thing you need is, is a city that has already seen wide receiver divas in the past have the same kind of thing all over again. I What was that? Me or David? Because I agree with both of us. Oh, I miss both of you. <laughs> Chase Claypool uh, 2.0. Chase Claypool. And then I don't think he has enough CTE to be a, uh, to be AB. AB 2.0. 
It's fair. I don't think oh, so. Abe, but that's a that's you're in a different world when you get to A B comparisons. The next one up, finally. You're not talking because let me get the positives out before you find some negatives. The Cleveland Browns hold the Bengals to 142 total yards. Joe Burrow had 36 passing yards in his in the first half, en route to a 24-3 victory. The Browns looked awesome. This defense is is getting the hype or the hype that they got in this offseason looked amazing week one. And it's not like, oh, they looked amazing against – no, they looked amazing against Joe Burrow, that revamped offense. Orlando Brown was getting smoked by Miles Garrett, the highest-paid left tackle, or maybe the top three highest-paid left tackle. I can't remember if Tunsil got paid after him or not. This is bad. But at the same time, pump the brakes. We had this, we had this story with the Bengals last year, but it's not about the Bengals here. It's about Jim Schwartz and what he was able to do to that defense and instantly, instantly showed what he was able to do and the footprint that he put on this team. Just like we were saying how maybe these teams, you can notice taking a dip when they lose their coordinators. You notice this team right away in this unit when they got a new defensive coordinator compared to the last year. So, David, one weekend. Four quarters, an hour into the season. Was Rex Ryan right about your defense being compared to the 1985 Bears? I don't know about that. That's, you know, that's hyperbole. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the the whole, it's a week, it's a a story of a revamped, motivated defense, right? They only allow 142 yards, only 67 passing yards. They only allow three points, should have been six. Um, two sacks on Burrow, which Should've seems like six. nothing. What the fuck? Come on. What? <laughs> they missed a field goal. They missed a field goal. I, I'm, like it should have been six. Though, like I'm not. I'm gonna give them credit. Yeah, like it should have been six. Uh, they had two sacks on Burrow, which, if you watch the game, seemed like nothing because it felt like they hit him fifty times. It felt like Zedaria Smith was literally on top of him every other play, and uh. The secondary did what the secondary does, and they just they they did their job. They locked in on the receivers, and you know the D line didn't give them enough time to do anything. So it looked like the like all the corners, whether it was Emerson or Ward or whomever, was shutting down Chase and Higgins. Uh, and that's great. Um, but I I have a lot of bittersweet bittersweet feelings after this one um, because at the end of the day, there's there's some things that that maybe most people won't catch up on. But, like, you know, Joe Burrow had the worst game of his young career. T. Higgins blanked. Chase was all but shut down by Ward. Mixon was mixing. Watson was okay, but his noodle arm missed, like, four throws during the game. And that that has me concerned. Jerome Ford was horrible on 15 carries. And, you know, that's he's got to be better if, if Nick Chubb's going to get some rest this year at all. But, I don't know. It's a, the whole game was a lot to take in. It's no indication on the Bengals. Uh, the Browns defense was – the line was just elite. They got to the quarterback, and they got to him all the time, all day, didn't give him time to throw. But, you know, my my other – my only takeaway from this game was this is the type of game where, you know, Wally and I were hammering Zach Taylor for the last two years. And this is the game where Zach Taylor is – he is the – trailer holding back the vehicle the weak link. right Mike he McCarthy. is the trailer holding back the vehicle because he is 
I mean, if you look at the route tree, and Wally can edit it in and, and give you an idea, but if you look at, like, Joe Burrow's attempts, the completions, the incompletions, you can clearly see that we did not scheme anything around this D-line. Like, there was no play calling to make up for the D-line getting to Burrow quickly. Uh, nothing was really short and in the middle. Like, you weren't running slants often. It was constantly, like, trying to get Higgins and Chase outside and downfield and it's like you you need to build the short game up if the pass rush is that bad and I just they didn't do it and I I blame Zach Taylor almost as equally as I give credit to the Browns D-line I mean Zach Taylor he has got like I said I don't know if you heard me if I cut out but he's Mike McCarthy that's what I've been seeing right now is that you just start you're so overloaded on talent it doesn't matter how inept you are at being able to call plays uh, make adjustments, even though we hear from players all the time, halftime adjustments are are a myth. Come on. If, how are they a myth? We we can literally see the adjustments when that when the second half starts. And the fact that Zach Taylor isn't doing that and just basing it off his talent that he has, he epitomizes, I'm not going to do any of this work, throw my name on this group project so we can get an A, though. We, you watched that game. And then you immediately follow it up with the Miami Dolphins and the Chargers, where right. you watch Mike McDaniel scheme his quarterback and his weapons around a team that has a fringe, or you could even argue just elite pass rush. And instead of, they weren't even like good. They they were the best offense in the league yesterday. And it was because of the, the coaching and the, the actual schematics going into it. Zach Taylor, in these last two years, they've gone to Cleveland. We're talking about some of the most embarrassing losses that I can remember from a Super Bowl contender. And it's happening not, it's consistent now. And had Deshaun Watson not looked like Deshaun Watson does now last year in Cincy, they'd still be winless with Joe Burrow against the Browns. And I don't know why it would get any better. This feels like a matchup disaster right now for Cincinnati. And if I'm a Browns fan, outside of losing Conklin, which is a big blow, yeah, you are geez. literally dancing in the street right now because not only you lose Conklin, and you have Dewan Jones step in immediately and look immediately more comfortable than he ever did at Ohio State. The Browns are a problem. If Deshaun Watson can even just like be average or a little like a good-ish quarterback, this game can win the Super Bowl. It's just. David, you drilled it. The Browns should have won this game by 100. They have no business having this game. This was a game in the third quarter where the Bengals had the ball about midfield down seven, where the Browns had completely outclassed the Bengals. But Watson time and time again, whether it be an underthrow on third down, whether it be, it just felt sloppy. The Browns had literally should have won this game by like Giants Dallas kind of bad. But that's, dude, that's awesome, right? You're sloppy and you win with the, the best opponent in your division, hands down. At least right now, I think uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, so November, this might be a little bit different. But you're beating, you can not only consistently beating the best team in your division, you just mollywalked them. I don't care if it's week one, 17, or any of the weeks in between. Uh, but to your point, that's got to make you feel good as a Browns fan. It's like, yes, you have a lot of shit to clean up, like Dan Campbell was saying. But it's like... We have a lot of shit to clean up, and we just came off a 21-point victory over the best team in our division, and 
and now we're one to know, and we're one to know the division with the Steelers' loss and the Bengals' loss. I mean, the last thing I want to ask here, David, is because I had a lot. I have I have Brownies fans all in my group chat, and there's glimpses of Deshaun Watson being Deshaun Watson. But how much longer does this leash need to be until you're like, I'm done with this dude. I need him consistently back. We, I'm already at the point where, I, like, I'm not done with him that's because just of the contract too. That's not helping. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not done with him, but he's he's better than Baker Mayfield was at the end. So like, it's it's it is what it is. He's dual threat. So even though he frustrates me with the noodle arm throws, a lot of that is mechanics. Like a lot of that is him needing to step step into the throw and make it. Um, I, I have no doubt the coaching staff can get him better, but I'm, I'm not giving up on him. I just like, I was, I was expecting a little bit more crispness from him in game one after an entire off season of being in the facility, an entire off season, uh, practicing with your new players, your new offense. I, I was just expecting a little bit more crisp, uh, performances from him early on and. And I won't make excuses for the weather because Joe Burrow played under the same conditions. I just – you can't convince me that the the noodle arm shit was because there was rain. Like, I, Baker Mayfield would have made those throws in the rain. It, it, it's – you know, he's got to get his mechanics better. Baker, Baker, touchdown, maker. Last couple quick thoughts. I'm going to spitfire and then I'll be done with this yes, too. Kevin Stefanski, I was losing faith in him last year. But that call to have a quarterback draw with Deshaun Watson with no timeouts with like 20 seconds left at half was such a big balls call that goes under the radar. And you got to see the glimpse of Deshaun, the athleticism there that is so exciting. And then the one thing for the Bengals, which is about the Browns actually, (laughs) Joe Burrow had 1.95 seconds before the pressure yesterday, which was the sixth like fewest amount of time since they started recording this in 2019. So the line is not doing better. Joe Burrow had no time and they're not scheming to make it better. It's there's enough to at least have me more worried here than I was with things like the Steelers or the 49ers just because coaching, I don't know how it just gets better overnight. And it leads me to my overreaction for this game. You want an overreaction. This is the best Browns roster in over 50 years. Fast. And I am so excited to see where this team goes. If they can like get even good quarterback play, this is a Super Bowl team. This team can win the Super Bowl. Best Browns roster in 50 years, right when the AFC is the best it's ever been. Oh, and also, and also 50 years. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, rest hey, there you go. See the correlation? Sounds like you need a, sounds like you need a playoff win. That'll, that'll bring us to the end of overreactions. The dogs are barking, by the way. Sorry, I just wanted to tell you. Dog this could have been covered in the email let's get to our games that we don't really care about you don't care about listening you can go check the highlights if you really want to but trust me we're gonna save you some time to start it off the sunday night football game the most embarrassing football game and since the browns are so high this is the first opening game that a team has lost at least 40 to nothing since the 1999 browns lost 43 nothing to the pittsburgh steelers sorry david just it, it's just stats i promise but Dallas embarrasses the Giants 40 to nothing on opening night on 9-11 weekend. Dallas is officially pro-terrorism. 
<laughs> it might have been the worst performance I've ever seen. It was I, it, I can get through any game, and I turned this TV off at thirty-three to nothing. Oh, you you lasted longer long. than I did. I turned it off at halftime. I was like, uh, I watched Daniel Jones, and I made a joke in our our uh, fantasy football group chat. And I don't even know if it was a joke or like not, but it, I said Daniel Jones is basically Jason Voorhees to to an offensive playbook. Like he just, you know, like you're you're, you're fucked. And you know that's 160 million dollars, which will really end up being like 25 that you yeah. threw at him. But still, yeah. And like me and me and David are even kind of talking about this, right? It's like at what point, especially do if Dallas is going to continue this trajectory, we know what the Eagles are going to be like. And if the Giants still stay competitive, what stops them from letting Saquon walk, cutting Danny Dimes, firing Day Ball, maybe trading off Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence? Eh, maybe Dexter Lawrence, Sexy Dexy would stay. But what's stopping them if they hit a 6-11 and season from doing all that? Not much. <laughs> Not much at all. Your New Orleans Derek Carrs open up. This season with a victory against the Tennessee Titans. They did not cover. Tennessee did shot to my boy Mike Vrabel. But Derek Carr with just a tad over 300 passing yards, which is actually his first time doing a – or first home game he has had over 300 yards since week 7 of 2021, I want to say. I thought that might be a little bit later. Might be pulling that one out of you know where. But this wasn't a competitive game offensively. This was a defensive game that consisted of eight field goals. Wally, this is your boy – your game, what positives or which team are you taking the positives from? Because I feel like there's not that much. You win the game, and in a division where wins are going to be hard to come by, that's your positive. It's just one of those, uh, we all know, I think we know who Derek Carr is, where he he's a solid quarterback, but it's like you have a ceiling. But that's why it's the perfect division for him. You get the wins down here in the NFC South, you at least can give yourself a chance. And that's all the Saints, I think, are looking for is a chance. And then the Titans, coach scared, get the results that come with that. I, I'm still bitter. Jared Henry out snapped by the other running back. I'm just saying. Tajay Spears, look out. <laughs> Tajay Spears season? Should I, be, uh, I love me some Tajay Spears. Okay. Okay. We'll keep it that in the division. Also, we'll keep it a wall. I know this is the game that he had. Carolina at Atlanta. Well, this was actually a 10-7 game in Carolina's favor at one point that ended 24-10 in Atlanta's favor here. Bryce Young had 48 pass attempts, one touchdown, great, two interceptions. and the. But I think it's actually more shocking. Tyler Algier out-touched Bijan Robinson in backfield touches or backfield carries, I should say, also with two touchdowns in this game. What takeaways do we have? What is Bryce Young looking like? Do we have any positive towards Atlanta at all? Because we know what that pass offense looks like. Between him and Drake London, or Kyle Pitts and Drake London, that's four targets. And Kyle Pitts had three of 19. It's two teams going in very different directions to me. I pray that Carolina doesn't ruin Bryce Young. But that offensive line sucks. The play calling, how you throw 38 times in this game is absurd to me. And then in a game where Atlanta's running the ball how they wish, I guess. I know that they only did it 25 times. I know Tyler Algier got more touches, but I don't think we should be that surprised. He had almost five yards of carry last year, over 1,000 yards. And then you also consider the fact that Jesse Bates, the free agent oh, that they brought in, bald. two picks. I'm 
it's a lot to be excited about for the Falcons out there. Evan Desker, our guy, this is a different Falcons team. This is a team with a lot to look forward to, in my opinion. I, my only takeaway from this game is, is I did not see Bijan splitting carries and losing the, the carry battle to uh, Algier, but or Al, whatever his name you is. But either way, I, I'm just that was my only takeaway. I'm not, I don't believe in the Falcons because you know Ritter is horrible. But I can't believe it's me that's on. The I cannot believe it either like because if you if they got a different quarterback, facts. I'd be in on the Falcons harder. The but dude, Ritter is so bad. Heineke. Start Heineke. Yeah, I legitimately, I actually think Heineke's better. Facts. It's Ugh. facts. It, I think that. It's a week ten kind of a thing Dude, where this team's so, like four and that six. That is so Arthur Smith and also so stupid. <laughs> I, I don't even disagree. I just like well here's here's the thing to keep in mind division. with Desmond Ritter. Well, like Desmond Ritter has he's done nothing at all to inspire confidence except for the fact he's not turned the ball over in his last five starts now. That he's is impressive. very safe. He's very safe, and if the defense can perform, they're at least with the skill positions that they use. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a team. It's a team that could win ten games. That's so like, good it, that they use. It sucks. Like I mean, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, like you said, two catches, forty-four yards. Oh dear, Drake London, one target, like free Drake. But well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. They had four targets between the four of them, and I, I was texting with Evan today because Packers. Falcons next week. I wanted to come over to the crib. He was like, yeah, Desmond Ritter started three for three for negative 11 yards. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, yeah, that's that's brutal. The last one, which was actually surprisingly like a decent game, uh, even though it outside of Phoenix or Washington, the Arizona Cardinals head over to Washington where they actually cover the seven-point spread. Washington comes back to win 20-16. to 16. Sam Howell with the rushing touchdown to win it, it took a little bit of time to, you know, to waste the rest of the game. But that's the game winner. Do we have any? Come on. 20 to 16. How the hell did this team not even hit 39 points? I took a fat on the over. I didn't officially take it, but my God, do I look dumb taking it. Every time this game showed up on Red Zone, a little piece of me died. <laughs> oh, and also... Fuck me for calling a Washington defensive touchdown because Arizona scores one. Well, yeah, it, the, I, both of these teams suck, man. The game was a it was a game of defenses waiting for their offenses to show yeah. up. I don't like I. I, like I don't know. You feel for I, Arizona's defense, like you truly. Feel yeah, for like them. they played so well. They, and they just, balled, and it's just like. Yeah. I think Wally said it the best. Uh, 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 yes. Gag. Yes, it was factually a game that happened on Sunday. And that is, and honestly, I think that was a little bit, (laughs) I think he had way too much high energy just saying that Wally, because that's just giving away that the game was actually entertaining. Like it was literally every time it came on the screen, I like got angry and I didn't know why. Why is this being played? played? (laughs) Yeah. Like cancel the game. (laughs) The other other game that bothered me in the last one was the Houston at Baltimore game where it was almost just as bad because Todd Munkin and the Ravens looked like shit in this game, and Houston just looked even worse. Amazing fun fact for you guys, though. C.J. Stroud, did you see who he completed his first uh, career pass to? No. C.J. Stroud. 
What? One of those where it gets not batted down at the line and he has to catch it. I didn't it even see fall. that. I didn't even. If he ever is anything in the league, that'll be one of those fun trivia questions you get in twenty or twenty years. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a that's an all time. Just remember that one for the good old trivia night. Exactly. <laughs> I think Brett Favre had that too, didn't he? He took the words right out of my mouth. Brett Favre's first completion was to was to himself. But C.J. Stroud, if anything. Like I said, I, t- I went to the Colts indie game one o'clock, so it's kind of hard to keep up outside of like highlights or being able to um, just get any updates. But what I say is a or one, it feels like I was I was lucky enough to see the best rookie showing of the week. But two, it oh, doesn't really sure. feel like CJ Stroud was that far behind. Again, box score champion, right? He no inter no touchdowns, but no interceptions, just a hair under two hundred and fifty yards. But then when you look at the score. Yeah, that's just rough. And it, they, they were somewhat competitive a little bit for that game, and I was really riding high on them plus 10. Sorry, Garrett Blair. I know I, I know I told you that one last second on Sunday morning. I was kind of feeling myself. I was, I was hyped for golf. I'm sorry I misled you. As bad as the league was this week, C.J. Stroud was like in the middle of the pack quarterback play. It was a brutal week for quarterbacks. I can't remember a week one like this. Well, let's get right into it. We got our picks. The rest of the games that we can talk about, they're actually going to be fun to kind of go through a little bit. I like to call it class presentation. You know, we all drafted five games here last week. So the remaining of the games that we have here, let's kind of talk through it a little bit. If there's any questions that we need, definitely we're going to be able to answer them. But we want to break down what we took away from these games. I can start it off here because A, I'm first one on here. And B, it's Jacksonville, Indiana. Fresh in my mind. Because once this is done, it's like I never went to the game. The Jacksonville Jaguars were four and a half point favorites going up to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis for the total set at 45 and a half. Let me tell you something here. Before we get into the Jacksonville, the team that won 31-21, this Colts offense looks fun. Like I was saying, Anthony Richardson, easily the best rookie that we had here. Luckily enough, I didn't have to double check that. I just had to look at some stats and realize that he was, but you can tell right off the rip. They wanted to be Jalen Hurts. They wanted to be that type of guy. And what was really fun about this is you don't really see a quarterback of his caliber, his skill set being thrusted into that exact position and play style right off the rip. It took Jalen Hurts a little bit. Uh, If you even look at Lamar, okay, yeah, they kind of focused a little bit more on his run game and the RPO. And then you have Justin Fields when they really kind of unlocked that offense or they, Justin Fields unlocked it. I don't think anyone in that offensive unit unlocked it. But they have somebody there in Anthony Richardson. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a Pro Bowl caliber, all pro, Hall of Famer, but they clearly have a freak athlete at that position that they need to clean up a lot of things with. And I think that they can be a fun, interesting team in a division that is seemingly wide open year after year, depending on what Jacksonville is going to be looking like. So that is their counterpart. To pump up the tires, Calvin Ridley. Oh, my God. That dude looks like he never missed a beat. He is where he needs to be. And the best thing about this is he's one of those guys where it's like, you know what? He is going to be our number one receiver. Do something about it. And you can't. Eight for eight receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Shout out to Wally's boy, Zay Jones, making in a miraculous touchdown catch to put them up 14-7, I believe. That was actually the end zone that we were facing a little bit, so we got to see it. It was wild, electric. 
Colts, not your year. Probably not going to be your next couple years. Let's load up on some talent. I do think that you have that guy at quarterback to at least make you competitive for a little bit. Jacksonville, you have Ridley. That uh, that pass offense is looking amazing. And the fact that Travis Etienne closed the game out with a 35-yard touchdown should make you scared that maybe this is a young up-and-coming team in the AFC down the road. They finally slayed the dragon. Nope. Nope. They can't win. Oh, no, never mind. Never mind. I'm getting it mixed up because there's like seven different win streaks in this division. Yeah, you don't you don't want to try and remember those. You got to have them on paper. David, this there's is, like nine. This, there's nine ways the AFC yeah. South can lose to each other, and they've done it for the last ten years straight. This is your so. favorite division. I, I do not have it memorized by now. I uh, now I I'm I'm with you on Richardson. It's it. There's some positive signs there. I I really was kind of expecting him to come out and play like Ritter or or Pickett and be terrible. Closer to um, and and yeah, he's just he, he played well. He played well for a first game of his career, and a guy that you know I didn't really have a lot of expectations for. Um, but he definitely he's got room for improvement, and it it'll be worth it. But um, also sorry for my dogs barking in the background. If you can hear it, I didn't. Uh, to be honest, David, I didn't even know you had dogs. I thought those were Wallies. Well, they're my parents' dogs because okay. my parents are living with me. Remember, what type of dogs? Yeah. Uh, two golden retrievers. They should get pet insurance. Big golden guy. Yeah, Every big golden guy. Biggest uh, golden guy I've you, you ever met. So you should get some pet insurance. We're probably going to tear some ACLs getting wild and playing. So let me help you out. <laughs> My mom does have pet insurance on them. Fun fact. But so last thing I'll say about this game is – my bet on Calvin Ridley, whether it be on the podcast or drafting him in all of my fantasy leagues, paying off in dividends. Dividends. I love that. You mentioned Cam Newton. That's that it's I think what everybody thought of. He's so physically imposing. He's very I mean, you could just he's a very physical runner. And you heard Trevor Lawrence talk to him after the game, basically say, dude, we need you to protect yourself. And that was my only worry, obviously. He leaves the game late, like you said. Third to last play, he gets cracked. And it's like, and it would be a touchdown to put them down three, four in theory. Don't think they have that many timeouts to really make it competitive. But yeah, it's just like, dude. And oh, what's, side note while we're on it, had a parlay going. First bad beat of the year. I had Deion Jackson as my last leg. Anytime touchdown score was Calvin Ridley, Anthony Richardson, Deion, Evan Ingram over 30, four and a half yards. Deion Jackson, the next play after Richardson goes out, stuffed at the half yard line. Yeah, that's that. That's a bad beat. It's a perfect way to describe it. That's a bad. It's beat. it's starting. It never stops for me. It never stops it never, for me. It's it's Vegas is just a, a monster. They know what they're doing. But Stephen, let's go to your team. You're in the house of your buddy Adam Alfonso, diehard Bears fan. That had to be an interesting sight. You have to be on top of the world too. We know David is. How are you feeling? I feel amazing. I feel great. I feel... I feel like that Shaggy song. Super bombastic. I'm just feel, I feel amazing, right? Aaron Aaron who? Oh, Aaron Jones. Aaron who? Aaron Jones. No. J-Love season starts off with a big dub. Overall, Jordan Love is pretty solid. I'll give him that. There's a lot of people, depending where you're going, saying, oh, he did great. Oh, he did really good. I thought he was solid. You take away that screen pass and touchdown from Aaron Jones, he's still going to be a 200-plus yard, 14 of 27, 14 of 26, excuse me. So a little bit over that 50 mark, creeping into the 60s. Still some 
Still some throws to be missed. Um, still some, you know, timeouts that shouldn't have been taken, right? So there's a lot of rust. But what I really liked was this was a 10-6 game at halftime. And to make that adjustment and to really open up, again, those halftime myth, those halftime adjustments are myths, right? Apparently not in this game, right? But man, you know what, you know what stayed constant? Giving Aaron Jones five touches in the first quarter on the first drive, and then not giving him the ball again until the third quarter. You know what happens in the third quarter when you gave him the ball? Two fucking touchdowns for like almost 80 yards. What the fuck is Green Bay doing? Give him the ball, especially when you're Jordan Love is a huge question mark. Yes, he played solid. He didn't play, he didn't play world beater. He didn't play top seven, top ten, top maybe 12, depending on what the stats were looking like, just because of the week one and what it was and what the quarterbacks were looking like. Just give Aaron Jones the ball. On Chicago's side of the ball, they they just looked horrible. They were able to march down the field here a couple times, but it just looked like Justin Fields was chained up again, like it was last year, right? Like they're just, he's stuck in concrete and that concrete is the offense and the offensive coordinator not allowing him to get out before it dries up, right? It's just let the kid play because there was flashes where there was broken plays and he was dead to rights with two to three to four Packers around him. And he just gets out to pick up a first down, picks up, you know, 10 yards, 15 yards, whatever it may be. So it's clearly there. Luke Getzey and that offense are just not allowing him to open it up fully. And you can tell that it's it's like he still has training wheels on even after he blew them off on every 60, 70, 80. Hell, he had a 90-yard run last year. Let the, Just let the kid play. Um, a lot of checkdowns, like a, a bulk of their yards, of his air yards, are coming from behind the line of scrimmage. He had a total of three passes travel more than 10 yards yesterday. One of them was an interception, Quay Walker pick six. You got to let this kid play. And at this point, it doesn't matter if your O-line isn't good enough to sustain it. Your O-line was just as bad. There's no way your O-line is worse or in the same level as it was last year. And you were putting up 34 and a half, 35 points a game towards the end of the season. You have to be able to bring something. Um, I don't think that this is necessarily an indication of how, of what their defense looks like because there were a lot of open receivers. There was a lot of angry DBs being yelled at or a lot of DBs angrily being yelled at by Fonz. It's, it's just seems collectively. It's just the coaching staff there, but at the end of the day, and it's an argument we always make, you gotta stop hiring defensive coordinators or defensive minded coaches as a head coach, especially with the type of athlete and level of quarterback that Justin Fields can be, you are just you're you're keep you are just you're keeping him in a closed room. He's a caged bird. Let him go. Get him an offensive mind and guy. I guarantee you, it's going to be night and day compared. Well, to it's going to be too late. This is it. This is the year. If Justin Fields doesn't, and I'm you know me, I'm one of his staunchest defenders. But yeah. he has to do better. The coaching has to be better. There's not a a person associated with that organization yesterday that did not fall short. It was, and it's frustrating. It, You know, I'm pissed off at myself too because I said it last week, but I wish I put a million dollars on these games. The Packers own the Bears. The Bears that's have another to thing it. too. You don't like, it's same thing with same thing with the Bengals. It's a mental block. It will never not be a mental block. It, well, it's part of why I'm so excited about the Jaguars because I'm like they did slay the dragon and did something that they can't do, and it makes yeah. you feel like they're taking another step. It's like the Bears. They're just 
like treading water yet again. I can, everybody looked like shit this week, but this was bad. But you you could feel it in the air. But like Justin Fields, man, what what's going on? I'm like waiting for him to take the step because you can see the flashes, and it's just never it's never happening, and it's it's frustrating. But kudos to to Love. Kudos to the Packers. I didn't think Jordan Love was going to come out strong. I I just didn't I I didn't believe in him. Still don't really, but I, you know it's a strong start, and if he continues it, he'll be there. You know he'll be their quarterback for the interim. I just like I get frustrated because you saw it at Ohio State where Justin Fields could deliver an accurate ball downfield, and I don't like a lot of times it's just like he's been zapped. He's got Monstard space jammed, and I get I'm getting annoyed, and I don't know if it's like I I think it, it's an overplayed uh like argument doing the whole hey they ruined him, but like there's something there too, and I I don't know. I just don't I don't get it though because they got DJ Moore, and I thought that that was gonna be like I thought that was gonna be like a uh, not like a Ridley Lawrence step forward, but like a I finally have a consistent like target yeah. downfield step forward, and. It just like didn't happen the way I thought it was going to. They're like low key loaded with downfield because yeah, they have. It's funny they have DJ Moore. They love what Cole Komet's producing. I don't know if I don't know if Bobby Tanya's addition is really that crazy. But then you forget you always forget about Darnell Moore. Who I mean, you forgot about him before these wide receivers came here and Chase Claypool, right? There's it's just Claypool got exposed. Did you watch some of those clips afterwards I where he, he was like screen. jogging? Yeah, yeah because uh-huh, like I was listening to NFL Network this morning and Kyle Brandt, he's gonna get cut. Who's a big Bears <laughs> fan is just like, hey, it's like I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna tell you who this player is, but I noticed specifically this player. He doesn't care. He's not there. His you know he's not all in it. And you go and watch the game for five seconds, you'll know exactly the player I'm talking about. And that's the type of shit that you want out of your that you want out of your organization. That's something, that's the type of player that the last player that you need, especially in an organization that's trying to finally flip the tide where you feel like the division is yours, that monkeys off our back in green Bay. And that's what just makes it so much sweeter. It's like, you really, you really thought that monkey was off your back. Well, it's not all, I'm going to be a little positive. I'm going to give you a silver lining. If you're a Chicago bears fan, you lose obviously to the Packers, you're 0 and 1. But listen to this stretch coming up. If they're going to turn it around, they can do it here. They go to Tampa Bay. That's very winnable. They'll lose at Kansas City. But then they got Denver, Washington, Minnesota, and Vegas. Five of the next six games are more than winnable for this team. Even if they're four and three after seven games, it's like, all right, let's just keep growing. But... This was a disaster week one. Look, there are a handful of disaster week ones. I, but anyways, we'll jump to this next game, Steven, unless you have a final word you want to say. It's just, I don't think anyone understands. I'm not here sitting, yeah, we have our third straight. I don't I don't even want our third straight. I just want our third straight quarterback to terrorize the Chicago Bears. And it was <laughs> fucking phenomenal. Fonz, again, thank you so much for allowing me in your house. I really enjoyed it. I really hope you don't listen to this till Thursday when I'm gone. But I love you, buddy. I appreciate you. I appreciate you letting me record here in your house. Wally has the next game here on his class presentation. So we better have his bow tie on for the Philadelphia Eagles who are four-point favorites against the New England Patriots ended up 
hovering. Again, we kind of talked about this a little bit where it felt like they survived. Not so much really won this game. I know we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but what are some of your takeaways with this one? Yeah, and since we did talk, I'll be briefer on this one, but... Yeah, this one's on me. No, New England turned it over three times in the fourth quarter. on Or turned it over three times on, on downs, that is. In plus territory, you have two other turnovers. New England was the better team after the first 15 minutes, period. They were better, and Mac Jones looks good. He, If he can get any kind—if Kendrick Bourne can do what he's doing, if he can get more from Hunter Henry, if he can get Demario Douglas, Mike Gusecki, these guys that have room to grow— Who the fuck is Demario Douglas? That's, that dude? was the guy I, I was referencing names. earlier. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's literally just, like, crazy what they're looking at. It's just— I'm not nervous if I, I, I'm a, an Eagles fan at all, but I mean, I'm fired up if I'm a Patriots fan. That's the way I'd flip this is that I didn't expect that the Patriots were going to have too much of a chance in this game. And they were, I don't know, four inches of a tapped, uh, a toe tap catch on the sideline away from possibly beating this team. Who knows? Maybe, maybe New England is a little bit more scary than we thought they'd be. But did you guys, I, again, I know it was, we talked earlier. Do you have any other standing takeaways from this game? I got nothing. Then we're going to no, go. No, I have nothing either. Yeah, I wanted to go. While we're on the while we're on this uh, class presentation, the Vegas Raiders come out victorious for Wally as Wally's has struck gold and has gone in front of everybody to sell his soul about how Russell Wilson isn't that guy. And my God, it is starting off the second season of Russ in Denver as Wally being right, which me and David fucking hate. Wally. <laughs> as long as it's not Geno Smith. Wally. Your boys, Hemi G, coming out. Better quarterback than Russell Wilson, at least yesterday. Wally, I want to give it to you. Uh, why the hell do we not see Adrian O'Connell in here when Jimmy G went out briefly for the concussion? But B. No idea. Cool, you answered that one. B, are you pumped about this win regardless of what it means in the long run? And C is, come on, are you going to ride this coattail for any um, any momentum going into week two? Or are you just like, no, let's go right back into losing, please? No, it's not. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm always happy to beat the Broncos. I'm always happy to beat the Chiefs. I just understand that this isn't like – the Raiders are good. This is two bad football teams played a bad football game, and one team is lessly or a little less bad than the other. And they own the Denver Broncos. Seven straight wins now. I mean, Garoppolo threw a pick at the five yard line after like six plays there. It was the weirdest game you'd ever see. If you ignore a one play kneel down drive to end the first half for the Raiders, these two teams had six drives each. This was such a bizarre what? game. Yeah, because it was it's bad football. It was Army Navy football. I where know. it was four yards. When you look at the, look at the yards, West, you're not expecting down. that too. No, and it's just like like there were a lot of long drives where you're not efficient, and that goes on both teams. 261 to 260 yards total, 22 first downs each. It was is cut down the middle as you can get. Jacoby Myers, it was really scary. He took a really brutal hit and I, I literally was worried he was right dead. Now, I think, right? Yeah, I literally was worried he was dead. It's the first time I think I can remember where he was out cold with his eyes open on the field. Oh, that's was, scary. It was big scary. And uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he was able to get up. I did not expect that. Uh, well, that answers but, our question about the preseason, if we're ever going to stop these games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only other negative that I'm looking at if I'm a Raiders fan is you watch Max Crosby get off the ball and look like one of the best edge rushers in all of football, just a freak. And Tyree Wilson's on the other side because Chandler Jones is is MIA having his own mental problems right now. No, he's but, at uh, he's at Planet Fitness. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, Tyree Wilson has cement shoes. I am scared. Oh, wow. It was alarming slow off. Like, I'll have to send you guys a video later, but the get-off, when you watch Max Crosby already engaged with the tackle and Tyree Wilson isn't at the line of scrimmage yet, it's like... What are we doing? Like that, that just like gives me flashbacks of when like, you know, you're, you know, you're in middle school, high school, and you're trying to learn how to get off the ball like a D and you're like, dude, stop standing straight up. It's like, nah, that's all I'm doing. That's all I'm it doing. It was it was hard to watch. Genuinely hard to watch. And one of those things too where it doesn't look like he had a plan where oh. his pass rush like I'm skills aren't there. And I'm nervous because like the only thing you can't do when your teams like the Raiders is miss on top 10 picks. And you look at Jalen Carter. I know he only had the one sack. That's all he had, eight, but he looked eight, good. Uh, what, eight, like, uh, yeah, sure yeah, exactly. Like you only see the sack, but he looked really good. And then you were like, wow, we took Tyree Wilson ahead of this guy. So I'm nervous boys. I am a, uh, I'm nervous, and I still feel the 4-13 and 13 year coming. We're not going to deny that, but me and David did a trade here since I went to the, since I took the Indian Colts off his hands, or the Jags and Colts off his hands. I was able to give him Baker Baker, touchdown maker, Buccaneers, going up to Minnesota and winning outright as six-point dogs. This has got to feel good. I know that you've always had, you've always had some love for Baker, and now it's Games like this make it a little bit easier to show that love. But Minnesota's just as big as frauds as we thought. The irony that they lose a one-possession game to start the season, chef's kiss. That's a great point. But I didn't even you know make what? that connection. You know what's insane, though, is like we all thought it would be their defense that would that would lose them the game. And their defense played like decently well. And Kirk Cousins turning the ball over three times was the difference. Twice in the end zone too, right? Right. And it's like, it's like both rushing games were horrific, like horrific. I think they combined averaged like two and a half yards a carry. Not Uh, even. Yeah. Like I, I mean, Baker started slow. He came back to life late. He was Baker Mayfield. It's exactly the type of game that gets you frustrated with him because he starts slow and you're pissed and then he shows signs of life and a quality quarterback and you're like where the fuck was this all season all game like it, it was just a classic baker game my shit my baker ship is floating again though so <laughs> whatnot but i don't know i just like the only thing i came out of this game really as a takeaway was justin jefferson at the end of the game just sitting there looking defeated just flat out he was sitting he was sitting on the bench and he was like this like just pouting like i can't believe we lost this game it was a three-point game too it's not like they got blown out and and i i just that concerns me because it's like ah you know 
I know he's not due for a contract, but like, is he going to ask for a trade next year? Like, where are we at with him? Um, the other thing that I think is a solid takeaway from this is just like I thought Jordan Addison played really well as a rookie wide receiver, mm-hmm. number two. Like I thought he just stepped in and he looked like a great number two option in a in a good offense. So those are that's all I really had for this game. I just nothing really to take away other than the rushing games for both these teams sucks. Uh and Really, the difference is is Cousin turning the ball over. If he doesn't turn the ball over, they probably win that game. I'll keep this extremely brief because I don't think there's a lot of takeaways from this game. You guys have both hit it all. And this is going to be so boring and down the middle. But Tampa Bay is going to be better than we expect them to be. And Minnesota is the 5-6 and win team we expect it to be. This is... I think we're going to look back and just realize these are just two not very good football teams. And... It is what it is. I love I love that we are all against Minnesota because we make ridiculous predictions, whatever it may be, on this podcast. But everyone loves Minnesota, and we're all like, are you – I don't are see you it. Well, people are because, picking them to win the division. No, like, what am I missing? No, they're not, no, they're not even going to sniff the wild card, in my opinion. And it's, and it's clear. Um, I, I had a buddy who lost the last leg of his parlay because he texted me today. He said, should have listened to you at Tampa Bay plus six. So I took Minnesota and I'm an idiot. I go, yeah, that's what you get for trusting that defense and Kirk Cousins to be throwing the ball. But that's neither here nor there. One positive. We have to say one nice thing about the Vikings. I like purple. The purple purple people eater uniforms they wore were unbelievable. Why are they not there all the time? Those were hot, man. All the the fucking throwbacks need to be just reinstated. give 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 me six games a year with the throwbacks. I don't understand why, when especially when it was the NFL's hundredth year, why they didn't do it at least for the year, at least for the year. It would have been Best fucking sweet of your team history. Yeah, for year or like your or the most popular. It doesn't even have to like just the most popular. The NFL would make fucking loves. money. Yeah, change the like, change yeah, the you'd sell, a you'd little sell bit. New jerseys all year long. You'd sell new jerseys, you'd and then people helmets. would buy again the next year. Yeah, you'd sell everything. Dude, I'm I'm putting my money into buying NFL product, and I'm like basically broke. There's people out there that are like, "Fuck feeding my kids. I need this. Yeah. Ran- I need this Randy Moss vintage Vikings jersey that's about to come out. Fuck them kids." <laughs> David, we'll keep it to you. Where the LA Rams go to Seattle and embarrass the Seahawks here. Um, the irony that I'm finding out that it was actually in Seattle and not L.A. completely throws my Pete Carroll take out from last week. But it still somehow stays relevant because this man cannot win it against a division opponent to open up the to open up the season here. I mean, the Rams night and day from last year. Like, what the hell am I missing? It, it just can't the be Stafford, Stafford. difference. Yeah. It's the Stafford difference. It is. And in Stafford... This is where we we historically have have shit on Stafford, but he's always been good enough and and good enough to at least slightly alter a win or a loss. Maybe not a whole season of him, but good enough, right? But like I, my takeaway from this game is is it's just a huge stinker from the Seahawks. I mean, Geno Smith, sixteen of twenty six, a hundred and twelve yards, a touchdown. I mean, Bobby Wagner was the star of the defense. The guy's ancient. They got him for nothing in the offseason to get him back. The Rams, Stafford, 24-38, 300-plus yards. He didn't throw a touchdown because they ran them all in. 
Uh, he didn't throw any uh, interceptions. And then he made two guys I've never heard of seem like legitimate receiving threats. You never heard of Puka Nakua? Read a book. I mean, come on. No. Come on. Wally, actually, Wally, have you heard of Puka Nakua before this? Heard of, but that's fifteen targets. Fifteen targets to that guy. He was watching Josh like, Allen his sophomore year, so I'm like, I'm surprised. Even not like this. I mean, <laughs> even if those guys, even if 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 Puka and Tutu Atwell become stars receivers, this is still an unbelievable showing from Stafford and them. I mean, both of them had 119 yards. Both of them had 10 plus targets. Both of them had like seven plus receptions, and. I, you know, the only other like the ne- the other negative other than the entire Seahawks offense was Cam Akers might be the worst running back in the so NFL. Ass, dude, and, and, everyone and was I don't so know why I'm in fantasy. I don't know why his name is in the headlines every year because he is bad every year, and we just don't learn. I don't get it. Can we officially call Matt Stafford racist or no? <laughs> he loves what Ben Sazenbach, Cooper Cup. Pukunakua. He's the new, uh, what, New England Patriots of like 15 years ago, you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> He's more or less like current Wisconsin basketball, but for the NFL. God, Brees Hall just ripped off a 30-yard run to start the game. Wow. Anyways. Look, that's all that, all that matters is that uh, Garrett Wilson's going to score a touchdown today because I need it. I do too. I think we're all on that side. The, last, the only thing I would say about this game, you guys are going to be so bored of me just like repeating myself. Doubt but it. we're seeing this is a trend. Quarterbacks in general really struggled this week. See, it, ironically, Gino, 16 of 26, at least he protected the ball, and they only had the ball 20 minutes. It, the problem for them is it's about to get worse before it gets better. They're going to play Detroit before it starts even like getting a little better. So, Seattle is that in be Detroit, like, by the way? I believe so. And that's one of those – it's like the reverse of last year when these two teams played early and you felt they were both exciting and inspiring – it's going to be the flip where the Seahawks are going to be 0 and 2. And I, we all might like the Seahawks, but I don't think we okay. like them enough to say if they start 0 and 2, they can really. I'm worried them. about my 9 and 8 prediction. Yeah. Like, I, after game one, I'm like, I didn't even think 9 and 8 was that strong of a take. Like, oh, my I, 10 and 7 feels like it's impossible now. It's <laughs> like you're asking for an old school 10 and 6 year. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to remember what I put uh, for them this year, so I'm looking it up. I, God, I know that we something. all had them in the playoffs, if I remember correctly. But we, we were all nine. Maybe I'm wrong. You'll have to let me know when you look it up. But while you're looking that up, Stephen, let's go to what was the game of the week. And by that, far. Easily. By far. By David, far. your pick, Miami and L.A., what a fun matchup. Shades of LA and Kansas City a few years ago it felt like to me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was it it was electric. It was. And it, I we all expected it to be. It was a fight to the end. You know, Miami overcomes. Uh Tyreek Hill was a freaking animal, Dog. man. Unbelievable. 11 receptions, 15 targets, 215 yards, two touchdowns. You know, Tua went for 466 yards and a 3 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. Herbert was great. Eckler was phenomenal. Uh, Keenan Allen was back and healthy, and even he was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just – I I will be – Wally and I were talking before the podcast. I Tua remains the biggest question mark in the NFL for me because I just don't 
it's a surprise every time I see him throw for 400 yards and it feels like it's happening like every other week that he plays. And I just, it, it blows my mind that he isn't in more conversations as being there. And I think that's why I question him still Injuries. because I wasn't a believer early. I know I wasn't a believer early, but now I'm like, holy shit, is McDaniels a, a you know, QB guru? Is he like Andy Reid 2.0? Like, I, I don't, I, it's just amazing to me. I, that's my only takeaway from the game is Tua is surprising. He, I just, I don't know. I, I'm always constantly surprised every time games like this happen for him. Well, it's, it's all about being able to string them together because of the injuries, right? Because we were having the same conversation last year, like, dude, what the hell is this Dolphins team doing? But then he gets injured. As long as they can stay healthy with that, especially with their offensive line, two is not being able to get hit. And Mike McDaniels is continually being able to adapt the offense, getting the quick balls out. But the thing is, it's not – and people that don't watch football, right? Like when I'm watching Justin Fields here, right? It's not a check down behind the scrimmage. This guy's airing it out, right? And more times than not, remember, this is the most accurate quarterback Tyreek Hill has ever played with, remember? Uh, but no, I here's my two takeaways here. And I've been saying it in the past, and I don't know why I've never officially put my stamp on it. But Tyreek Hill is the best wide receiver and has been the best wide receiver in the NFL for the past three years. Devontae has had his time. Cooper Cup has had his time. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson kind of can split. Let's put it to rest. Tyreek Hill has been and, and has clearly been the best wide receiver in the NFL the past like three to four years. And you can't contest it. Look at his yardage. Watch him play. Yes, oh hell yeah, Justin Jefferson goes up for the, the one-handed catch in Buffalo. Jamar Chase does what Jamar Chase does. But the fact that Tyreek is doing the exact same things, if not better, at the size that he is, and let's be real, the quarterback that he has comparatively to who these other players are having thrown to them, come on. Tyreek's the best, the best wide receiver in the NFL, period. Going to finish like that this season. Here's a really fun fact, Wally, because I know this is the one that gets your Peter Hart a little bit. Tyreek Hill, 215 total yards last year or last week and two touchdowns yesterday. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Drake London, Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham, Hollywood Brown, all combined for 207 receiving yards yesterday. That is stupid. That's stupid. I mean, that... Hey, Wally's yeah, got just... some news for you that's also stupid. <laughs> what the fuck did I miss? So, I've been holding it in for the last five minutes. I think Aaron Rodgers just ruined his knee. He got uh, Jay, helped play off three. the field without putting any pressure on his knee. I didn't hear, I didn't hear Fonz scream. Fonz, did something happen? <laughs> what happened? Can't say I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers hurt. You heard it from the man. Can't say I'm, I can't say I'm too upset, but I... I literally... Steven, as you were talking, I watched Wally's face, and I thought his screen froze, and I was like... He was like... And I was I looked over at my screen, and I saw Aaron Rodgers being helped off the field, not putting pressure on the leg, and I was like, oh, fuck. It was weird. It was just a weird... Like, it wasn't like a... Like, it was no, like, weird bend, right? It was nothing like that, but it was one of those where he immediately went down, and you could tell he's like, something's wrong. 
and he, you, I'm. Uh, I have also oh, seen that exact same thing happen five years oh, he's ago. Paul, he's Paul piercing it. Just saying. Yeah, he just has to make a fat shit. That's all he has to do. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I mean, the only thing I'm going to say then on the Chargers game because it's kind of hard to come back from that is. I'm going to laugh for the next 15 years that they took Quentin Johnston before Zay Flowers. That is going to be hilarious. Before we head out of here, and it seems like it's kind of hard to make these predictions, but now, uh, without even thinking if Aaron Rodgers is coming back, Buffalo's minus two and a half with New York Jets. Final Monday night 2020 predictions. Hindsight, sorry. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we, we're four minutes into the game and Aaron Rodgers might not be back. So it makes it hard to do this. Like normally I probably would have told you, I, I don't even remember what I picked. Did, did, no, I picked. I'm still on the, I'm still on the bills. I, had I not seen that, I would have said, yeah, had I not seen that, I would have like, I literally had in our notes bills in a game similar to chargers, Miami. Yeah. Uh, but I, I probably only bet on money line. So I'll stick with it. Even though I know that injury is there. If that hadn't happened, I still pick bills money line here. Yeah, I had I had them winning by a field goal. This was one of the games I stayed away from. I want I really thought this could be one of the most fun games to watch, but now you are looking at two New York teams having a catastrophic week one. And it couldn't be any worse timing on 9-11. With that, that is gonna bring us to an end of another episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Loss of Down, retweet. Down underscore loss. Remember, this episode is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, as well as the Bruiser Nation Podcast Network. Remember, it's the division of Snapmere Productions. Boys, do we have any parting words for the fans? That kind of took out a lot of the steam and excitement going into this game. I was really kind of fired up for this, but... They got the card out for Rodgers. They got the card out for Rodgers. I mean, this... Pulled up to the blue tent. That shit pulled up like it was God himself. I mean... And on that note, folks... <laughs> yeah, that's it. We love you. Go Raiders. Congratulations to our three teams who all have... Four teams. I'm catching two victories, potentially. You know, it's just more... I'm just saying it more positively than David openly wanting the ACL torn, but it kind of seems like both our worlds are coming and meeting together right now. Yeah, well, this is one of those, if you, if I'm you, you immediately can spin yourself and like, oh, this is fine. At least he's not a Packer. So, brutal way to end the show, but, uh, huh. Uh, you know what kind of sucks? And this was kind of ruthless, um, but DraftKings, I if saw... you went on... And they took it off. So what I did was I made that parlay of the New York Jets money line, the New York Yankees money line, and the New York Mets money line. Put a wager of put a put a wager of nine dollars and eleven cents on it. It seems like it's going in the crapper now that Aaron Rodgers is out. I like a Marshall comment was going to come in there. I did not see that DraftKings bet. That is highly creative, but also so unwell thought out. Like, yeah, that's like, like how that's, did that get to that like, level where yeah, nobody like, said this is a bad idea? Yeah, like how do you? It's the, how the do you fact get that there? someone's just like, you're getting a fucking promotion. This is genius. Why have we never thought about this? Oh my god! You know what we should do? We should we should start pitching like uh, shutout parlays during fucking Ramadan. That's what we should be doing next. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this, yeah. I'm, I'm so bummed out. I was really excited for this game. But anyway, yeah, guys, this is depressing. Again, 
I've heard the same We'll see you on story. Thursday with the new news. <laughs> I've seen the exact yeah. same story five exact years ago during the Khalil Mack Bears game. Aaron Rodgers did the same thing, miraculously came out of fucking nowhere and let it come back. I'm just saying it's not out of the question. <laughs>